Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20-something with me, Kylie McDonald. I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday so far, or whatever day you're listening to this. Hope you're having a good day. Um, I, okay, I'm so sleepy right now, but I'm in the best mood because my family got two foster puppies this weekend and I of course had to go home to see them um I don't live like you know at my parents anymore but I was like nope I'm going home for this thank you and of course to see my family but you know it was it was really about the puppies this time but oh my god you guys two six-week-old puppies they were three pounds each i'll post them like on the instagram and stuff and they're all over my instagram too oh my god just the cutest things ever and i can't even tell you like just you know just being around a puppy and just cuddling and snuggling with one they just make you so happy and i'm just in such a great mood right now i'm back at work i'm literally living my normal life but i'm still on a high from just spending a full like 24 hours with these two puppies and no I'm not going to end up adopting one of them or both of them I can't I really can't I don't have time I'm never home I'm really never home I could not even though I love dogs like there's just no way but fostering is a good option for people if it's something you're thinking about or maybe don't want to commit to having a dog uh for ever um <laughs> i'd say do the fostering thing it's fun I, I know it'll be so sad when they have to go back but i don't know then you get to do it again in a few more weeks so you know it's just like a little cycle so anyway i am in a good mood because puppies um i don't know what else is going on in the world <laughs> i say that because um of course, everything's going on in the world. Um, oh, what am I saying? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, I I feel like I knew how important she was, but since she passed away, I've really looked into everything she actually did for women in this country. And God, like we would not be where we are today if it wasn't for her. And it's awful that she passed away, but I mean, what a life well lived. And I know she was still feeling the pressure, even in her final years, to make a change and to stand up for what she believed in and to stand up for everybody who she carried on her shoulders. So, just continue the good fight for her. And, um, that's the way to live a life, my friends. Um, anyway... Ooh, we have Julia Elbava on the show today. Girl, I'm so excited for this one. She's just so cool. She's such an accomplished human being at 25, 26, I forget how old she is. And just so down to earth and so chill and so fun to talk to. And I literally cannot wait till we can actually hang out and be friends. But yeah, just another example of like fun people this podcast is bringing into my life. She has such interesting stories from her career in tennis and all that she's experienced thus far in her life because of the sport so it was really really cool to speak with her and i know you guys will get something good from our conversation as well yeah so so follow the pod on instagram um uh 
I'm really terrible at accents. I don't even know why I just did that. But um, follow the pod on Instagram at chapter 20 something pod. <laughs> or you can follow me at official Kylie. <laughs> Stop me. Stop me. I don't even know what accent this is. At official Kylie McDonald. Yeah, we have a lot of, I'm not even exaggerating, like really exciting things happening with this podcast. And I'm just like, I can't believe like, oh, I can't believe it. Okay. Just stay tuned. Enjoy Julia. She's awesome. She's great. You'll love her. I am going to try to stop it with these accents and, um, just shut up and, uh, yeah, have a good day, everybody. I hope you're enjoying your day. Happy Tuesday and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20-something. Today, we have such a fun guest. She's dancing on the Zoom call right now. I'm so excited. We have Julia Elbava. She is a professional tennis player, a five-time All-American and USA gold medalist. She's also a Newsday reporter, and she has her own podcast, too, which is tennis-related, and it's called Jewels on the Hustle. So, Julia, welcome. How are you? Hi, Kylie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my god, I'm so excited to have you. Now, I gotta say, I appreciate the sport of tennis so much. I am not really the most, I mean, I'm coordinated, but when it comes to sports, it's just not really my thing. So anybody who's an athlete and even more so professional athlete, I appreciate so much. So good for you, girl. You're really killing it. Thank you. I mean, to this day, I'm still trying to figure things out in tennis. It's so, it's difficult. You know, you have to move to the ball, you have to hit the ball at once. There's just a lot of working and moving motions all at once that have to go right to be good at tennis. I don't even know how many years it's been, but to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how to 50% perfected. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But isn't that crazy? That's the thing. Like you become a professional in something, it becomes your career. And then you're like, I still am like figuring out what I'm doing. I'm still trying to find my way. But that's just, it shows that you care. It shows that you're constantly trying to improve. And I think that's what makes the mark of a great athlete and a great person too. Thank you. And what I try to remind myself is that no one wants to peak in their 20s. Because if you peak (laughs) in your 20s, then there's not much left for like getting better or getting higher up. So it's like, maybe I'll give it a few more years and see if I can peak. And I don't know, we'll just play it by ear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I mean, from what I've seen, you already have taken that mindset. And you're like thinking about the future already. Obviously, like an athlete isn't going to be pro forever, you know, you get older, whatever. So you look like you've been taking the next steps to build your empire basically you're starting your podcast you're a sports reporter too so when did you start thinking about all that and did you have any fear or how how'd it go yeah great question so I was thriving in my tennis in my college career because I was able to multitask I'm the type of person that if I'm just overly obsessed with one thing I just drive myself crazy. I realized I needed academics and sports and the social life to really kind of do well in tennis. I couldn't just breathe, eat and sleep tennis. For me, I was like, okay, so how could I replicate this outside of college tennis? And it took me like three years to figure it out. But I was like, let's make a podcast. Let's interview people. I even go beyond tennis now. So it's just, it's been nice to have kind of like an outlet 
like a podcast to be able to talk to other people, interview and kind of work on some broadcasting skills. So that's what started the podcast. And yes, you were right. I am doing sports reporting and loving it too. Good. Yeah. I think that's so important too. And definitely something that I value because it's so easy. I know to get wrapped up in like your one thing that you do, whether it's a sport or I don't know, for me, it was always performing and like now it's my job and it's so easy to have that consume your life, but it's so important to have those outlets and to know who you are outside of that one thing. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I'm to this day learning more about myself. It's like kind of like dating. You have to date so many people to figure out what you like, what you don't like, what you're looking for in a future person. And you're going to have to weed out the bad ones to eventually get to the good ones. And I'm talking New York dating. It's hard. <laughs> oh my God. Trust me. I know. <laughs> yeah. But that's so true. Yeah. Even like in the relationships I've had when they've failed or something has gone wrong, you do. You're right. You learn more about yourself. You learn what you're going to stand for and what you're not. And you come out stronger in the end. So that's cool. Exactly. You learn about what you prioritize and what's most important to have in your partner. Like no one has a full package. Like no one has everything you'll ever want, but you have to prioritize certain things and that's what makes it great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So let's hear a little more about your backstory. What, you know, what you did growing up, highlights of your career, all that. Sure. So I started playing tennis right around five or six years old. It was for me an after school activity. My dad's a pediatrician, so he didn't want me to be one of those kids that just after school went home and played video games. Like he was always making sure that I was like active and exercising and not a couch potato. Yeah. So that's actually how I started tennis. And the coach thought that I had good athleticism, that I was coordinated, good eye-hand coordination. So I started to take some tennis lessons. And I actually was like, wow, I'm pretty competitive. I enjoy this. I thought I had potential. My At least my parents thought I had potential. I didn't know. I was only like yeah. seven or eight. I didn't know <laughs> anything. So yeah, then I started playing tournaments. I started just in New York. And then I started playing Eastern section tournaments, which is New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. And then I started playing nationally and then internationally. So definitely got pretty cool traveling around the world, competing at such a young age, learning about so many different people and cultures and just really changing my perspective really at a, such a young age. It's not your typical high school experience. Yes, seriously. Did, were you going to school at this time or were you homeschooled? I was in regular school until middle of ninth grade. And then I had to make that switch to homeschooling because I didn't have enough time to train after school and then do my homework. And plus I was missing a ton of school for um, tournaments. So I had to. Wow. Yeah. What an experience. You know, I don't, I actually don't know if I've ever spoken with an athlete who had like, I mean, that much success at such a young age. It's so cool. So what were some of your like favorite experiences with traveling or, you know, competitions you had, out, competitions, tournaments you had out there? Speaking from what I know, like dance competition. <laughs> 
Well, first, thank you. I'm so glad I can talk about this with you on your podcast. I'd say my favorite experiences in tennis so far have mainly come from the college part because tennis is such an individual sport. So college tennis has taught me how to work with a team and how to cheer for people besides myself and to play for something bigger than yourself. So I actually felt like a different type of motivation and the nerves felt different. They were wanting to come through for the school and not really worried about myself, I guess you can say. Yeah. Which was really remarkable. It actually made it so, I loved it so much that four years later out of college, I'm having a hard time transitioning back to that individual part of tennis. Interesting. Yeah. Like there's got to be just so much pressure on you because it's literally only you out there. You make a wrong move. It's on you. You can't blame anybody else. You know, that's all on you. So not that it's the same, but in some way, like a career in entertainment is very similar because if I make a mistake on TV, it's on me and everybody's watching it. You know, there's an audience, there's your boss or your coach or whoever it is who's going to come and like yell at you because you weren't perfect. And it's just, oof, it, it can be hard to deal with. Exactly. I think of a tennis player, like maybe a comedian because you're out there by yourself and the way you play tennis is kind of the way the audience reacts. Like if you're playing well, yeah. they'll cheer for you. Like in a comedian, if you tell a good joke, they'll laugh. So they respond to you. Whereas, you know, when you're, well, when you're playing a team sport, it's like a combined effort. And that to me seems less stressful. But what makes it so great though in tennis is that the rewards are incredible. Because yeah. it's so stressful when things go right, like 5% of the time when they go right, it, it, you feel like you're on cloud nine, actually. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So how did you deal with that pressure and with that stress on you? Even at such a young age, you know? Yeah. Lots of therapy. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel lots and lots of therapy. Um, for me, I learned that being a closed book was terrible. I wanted to self-destruct and keep everything inside. And that's when my anxiety days were the worst. I realized that I needed to be vocal, whether it was my friends, with my family, with my parents. Now I'm even more vocal about it on social media, but that didn't come right away. And a lot of times people are like, why are you sharing your emotions and feelings on social media? And I think that's a way of people like coping with what they're going through, whether they story everything or put it like on the feed or whatever. I feel like that's how some people cope. So there were a lot of different ways that I would deal with the stresses and the pressures, but a lot of times it went really wrong out on the court. And I just had to like remind myself of the big picture and keep things in perspective, I would say. Yeah, sure. And it's okay to get upset and be mad, obviously. But, you know, then you realize it's not the end of the world. It's really not. You get up the next day and you go practice, you go train some more, and then you do your thing. I think it's I agree. Yeah. I think it's interesting how you were talking about putting it on social media too, because I think that's so important, especially coming from someone like you, like you look like you have it all together, you know, you're doing so many amazing things. And it, it's true, you are, but you're allowed to have bad days too. And I think it really destigmatizes it when you see like, hey, I'm struggling out here too, we all are. And that's so okay. And people need to realize you're allowed to be upset, you're allowed to have things go wrong and cry about it. Exactly. And it's interesting. I'm so glad 
you pointed that out, that a lot of people from the outside look like maybe they have it all going on. One, that's what social media does. And you've probably heard this before, that everyone kind of puts their best side on social media. I've never liked the hard stuff, but always like the great stuff. But I don't know if you listen to the podcast Call Her Daddy or if you've heard of it. I, oh, I love it. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, great. Okay, so you're part of the daddy gang. Yes, girl. Um, So on her last episode, Alex Cooper was saying that she was having a mental breakdown. And, you know, she has mental breakdowns. And, you know, she's like probably, I think she's like one of the top podcasts in the world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she even has anxiety about podcasting. So it just normalizes pressures and stressors. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. And again, going off of that, yeah, you, you listen to her. She sounds super confident. She knows what she's doing. She's obviously got it going on, but there's a whole side to her that we don't see. Just like there's a whole side to everybody in our lives on social media, whoever it is that we don't see. And we have to be just more compassionate towards people because you never get this full story. You never know what's going on with people. If you're not a nice person in 2020, I don't know what it will take. (laughs) For real. Like, come on. Like, look out for people. Everybody has something going on right now that they didn't expect to deal with this year, you know? And they are. So, uh, just be nice, people. Just be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, let's see. So, where did you go to college? So, I went to the University of Virginia I played tennis there for all four years. That was in Charlottesville, Virginia. So I really loved it. Yeah. And it sounds like obviously that team aspect was amazing for you. Was there any transition there with you or with the other girls on the team where it's like, oh, we've all been so individualized our whole lives and now we have to work together? Like, was that hard at first or... Or not at all? Oh, that is an incredible question. (laughs) No one has ever asked me that. So let me think about that real quick. Go ahead. So naturally, some girls are better team players than others. And that's not just even in tennis. That's in life. You know, Mm -hmm. there's girls that you want to be friends with. And then girls, you're like, okay, she's kind of like not my type. or She's kind of all into herself, not really a team player. So that in itself is a thing but on the tennis team there's definitely some girls that you feel like they'll do whatever it takes to help the team they'll put the team first you know they'll you know sacrifice a part of their lives just to help someone on the team then there's some that I was there with as well that didn't really care how the team did as long as things were kind of going well for them if they played well that day that's what mattered for them, not really how the team did as a whole. So I had to deal with both. And it's really frustrating. But the most important thing in that matter is that the person in charge of it all, which is the coaches, if they make teamwork a priority, and they set things straight, then that like, it comes from the top, I feel like. So if your coach doesn't prioritize teamwork, then shit hits the fan. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I honestly, I think it's so important just to have the support of other people in your career, sport, industry, whatever it is. And just, I think you have to be supporting other people as well, because, you know, at the end of the day, those are the only people that are going to be able to relate to you and are, you're going to be able to lean on. And I just think that is the most vital thing because I can talk to my mom about it. Yes. I could talk to my friends. I could talk to whoever. 
but they're not going to get what I'm going through like someone on my team. And I just think it's such an important thing to be a true teammate. Yeah, you make such a great point there. Um, No one can relate to you or what you're doing better than the people you surround yourself with every single day. Mm -hmm. As much as I wanted to always vent to my mom or my dad about something not working in my game, my mom would always be like, you have a coach, go talk to him. Like, or you have teammates, go talk to them, which is so true. Like I rather talk to people that know exactly what I'm kind of dealing with or going through. Yeah, totally. Okay. So after college, so how did that whole transition go? Like you graduated and then when did you turn pro? Like what was that transition like? So I went pro as soon as I graduated. So it was in 2016 and tennis was just going so well for me in college. I'm not trying to sound cocky or anything. No, you're about to own your success. Thank you. I honestly truly achieved so much of what I wanted to on the tennis side of things. And I knew it was going to be hard to top in pros. The good news is that there were so many new goals that I could set up for myself. Um, Because now it's like a world ranking instead of a collegiate ranking. You can play the Grand Slams, like the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, Australian Open, and French Open. So there were like new goals I could set for myself, but I knew it was going to be competitive as hell. Yeah. And it was going to be lonely and tiring and expensive and one sacrifice after the next. And I had to truly ask myself, is this the lifestyle I want? Because you can't half-ass it. You have to fully commit. And I told myself, like, it's not going to be the way it was in college where you have a support system and a team everywhere you go. Tennis is so expensive that I had to travel by myself all the time after college. Oh, wow. And you would go to random countries or cities like Caracas, Venezuela. (laughs) And when I say this, it's because I had to go when it was voted the number one most dangerous city in the world. And I had to be escorted from where I was staying. I purposely didn't say hotel because you can't even force me to call this place a hotel. Oh my God. It was horrible. You like go to the bathroom in a hole. Like it was horrible. Oh no. Yeah, I know. They were escorting us from the hotel to the tennis courts with people that were armed with guns. Like it was so dangerous. I was scared. And you were there by yourself? Yeah. Oh my God. That's insane. Dude, I don't even know. Cause you're like, yeah, I'm just trying to like play tennis, maybe win, win a little bit, you know, <laughs> and you're, you're in what, what's it called? Caracas? Caracas, Venezuela. And so my friends are friends outside of tennis are like, wow, like she's so lucky. She gets to travel. I'm like, first of all, you don't want to know where I'm going to. It's scary. And second of all, I spend a maximum of like one hour the whole time actually doing something fun and touristy. Everything yeah. else is all business. Like I've been to, okay, obviously something, some place like Hawaii is incredible, but I've never actually seen the island or the state. I just only know the tennis courts. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and plus like you're alone too. So it, I'm sure that can be challenging, you know, for your mental health sometimes, especially if you're tennis game like isn't great that day or whatever happens that's got to be tough too 
you're by yourself. You need to figure everything out on your own. Yeah, it definitely takes a toll. And it's so hard to like maintain friendships and relationships. Um, a lot of sacrifice. <laughs> totally. Yeah, um, it is. But sacrifice with reward too. And I think if I would tell you, it's like, you know what? you're obviously talented and like this is the only point in your life when you're probably going to be able to do this so i mean why not is that is that how you look at it that's 100% it i know that one day tennis you know is going to have to be over and the thing about me is i'm very injury prone right now okay so when i'm healthy i try to enjoy that part unfortunately now i've been out for a year with an elbow tear Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's been rough, but also has given me a chance to do more of my media stuff. Yes. Is your elbow like lo looking a little better? Is it healing? Yeah. I was actually ready to start competing again once quarantine hit. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So annoying. All right. But you know what? It'll, it'll be back. You'll be back soon. That's okay. And I mean, as much as it sucked that I was ready to go, it's given me a chance to catch up on things that I never really had the chance to do, like spend yeah. time with family and friends and just kind of, I hate to say it, but like, just like be home. Like, yeah. That's a right. rare thing, a foreign concept for me to be home. Right. No, it's a blessing in disguise, honestly. I've kind of noticed that too during this time of quarantine because- you know, you do realize, like, who are the people in my life that I need to be able to see? And, like, I can't wait to see you again. And who, you know, like, what am I going to value when there's literally nothing else to distract me? There's a lot of lessons we all can take from this time. So hopefully, besides all the craziness, we can all become a little bit more grounded, a little bit more centered, and focused on the things that really matter. I think when you're taken away from what you do all the time. So for me, being at tennis whatever it is, you realize what's really important to you. That's kind of what being on the road all the time did to me. I realized what I prioritize, which is spending quality time with my friends and family. So I feel like I've now been able to make that a priority while I'm home. Good. I'm with glad. social distancing and safety protocols. I know. Mask <laughs> <laughs> <Pass> on. <laughs> yes. All right. What did I want to ask you about too? Oh, so obviously in sports and in my career too, a big thing is maintaining an image in the public eye. And for me, the pressure of that can seem so big sometimes just because I know how normal I am. I know how much I like mess up and like I'm, I'm 25. Like I'm going to go out with my friends sometimes and not that I'm stupid, but if I make a mistake, I don't need that broadcast to the whole world, you know? Not the whole, that sounds ridiculous. I know, I know it's probably like mean. five people, but, <laughs> but I know, you know what you mean. Well, they say whatever you post online will, you know, forever be there. And uh, yes, I know, what, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and it's hard, but it is important to the career, to the sport. So, have you had to your own experiences with that? That is also a great question. You ask. Thank fantastic. you. I'm not even. I'm not just saying that. Oh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, when you ask questions that no one else really asks, that's when you know these are good questions. Oh my God, thanks, girl. <laughs> um, definitely have to keep up with a certain image. I'd say a more conservative image as far as, you know, alcohol, sure. partying. 
kind of the fun stuff, I guess you can say. I'm not saying alcohol is fun. It's fun responsibly. Yeah, yeah, totally. So when I'm posting on my social media, especially when I was underage, under 21, 22, 23, I'd say more recently I've opened up and I actually put my first alcoholic Instagram post with a bottle of wine. But other than that, I try to definitely be conservative. Unfortunately, tennis coaches are constantly spying and they'll confront you if they see you out partying they'll be like I hope you're being smart making the right decisions and while they know you're just human it's like you also have to keep a certain image for instance my mom she gets mad if I like post unhealthy food on my Instagram story and I'm like but why like like you're allowed to live your own life and, yeah. you know, enjoy life. And it's, it can't be all health it's, fitness all the time. No, not at all. Like I enjoy a great burger with fries. Oh, yeah. Um, love hot dogs. I love now. Just I love the 4th of July over here. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just wish it was 4th of July all over here. That is my favorite <laughs> holiday, actually. But no, I love... I love cheat meals and the fact that I shouldn't shouldn't be posting about it that that's a lot like it's annoying and I try to be as candid and open as possible and I I believe in putting your honest self forward even on social media the good days and the bad but not everyone feels that way. I got you. But at the end of the day, I think it's your platform. It's your life. You do you. You do you. You do you, (laughs) boo-boo. Exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. So you said you're a USA gold medalist. So what tournament was that at? Like, where's that? So in college tennis, we have the Collegiate Olympics, uh, which is held in France. Oh and my it's, God. Very, it's, it's a small event because they only take three girls and three guys from each country. So in that regard, it's small, but there's a bunch of different countries represented. But so if you're selected, I was one of the three girls, like that was pretty fun. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Dude, Thank you're you. so accomplished. Like sitting oh. here, like you're like, we could totally be friends. Like we're just chilling, like having a good conversation. Then you're like, yeah, I was in France, one of three girls. I'm like, that's just incredible. It's- it does not feel by the way, like we just met recently. I feel so, I don't know, like vibing with you. Yeah. Oh, totally. Vibing. Totally. Like we're going to hang out outside of this. Yes, sure. we will. Yeah, we'll meet in the city one time. We'll have fun. It'll be good. Absolutely. I want to hit up a rooftop, rooftop bars. They're all yeah. opening up now. But um, that was really fun because I was able to go with two other girls, three guys. We played in the first round against Ireland. And then we played against Russia. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. And then it, it was only three rounds. And then we played – um. France in the final in France okay so you can guess they hated you they really (laughs) yes it was um a boo fest lots of booze and uh, hate but uh we won barely won but we brought home the gold medal and I was happy because I was undefeated so yeah that's incredible oh my god so what what was that feeling like was that like the peak at that point that was 2014. 2014 was definitely the peak of my whole college career. But that event in general 
to represent your country. Like I was excited about representing my school, but to represent your country, uh, that is really special. And I know it was only at the collegiate level and obviously the dream would be playing like at the pro level in the Olympics, but Hey, I'll take it. I'm very happy about it. And something I can always look back at. I mean, it's amazing. And it was at the collegiate level and that's what you were at at that point. Like that's the highest point. Exactly. You're right. That was yeah. the highest point at that time. So who knows? Yeah. Forward. I know. Okay. So <laughs> after Corona ends and your elbow heals. What's the next step for you? Like, what are you planning on doing? The next step is to keep the podcast going, mm-hmm. but also train up, get back into that prime shape that I once was at back in the day. <laughs> kind of <laughs> forgot. I feel like it's so hard when you're not training for your sport to like just stay in that really good shape. Can I ask what your training yeah. schedule is like? Like, what do you yeah. what do you do? What are you, do you mean like right now or when I play tennis? I guess when you play tennis. Yeah. Get ready. This is a, okay. This is a full day here. So I drive from my home in Long Island to Queens, the tennis center in Flushing where the U S open is. That's where I train. So that's really cool that that's where I train. And so nine to 11, we practice and then 11 to 12, we have our cardio fitness. Then we do 12 to 2. We get a nice long lunch break. Much needed those two hours because you're already pretty tired from that three-hour morning. Yeah. And so what I like to do, I like to eat so quick and then try to sleep. I'm a big, firm believer of napping. I think it's the most critical (laughs) thing. I I took a big nap today, too. It was honestly great. All right, so you you eat, you nap after nap, the three and hours. <laughs> two to four more tennis, which is kind of like match play and point play, and then four to five lift. Oh, you end your day with lifting? Lift. Oh my god! But That's the best part, I I still have more. Oh. <laughs> I sit in rush hour traffic for an hour and a half. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the hardest part of the day. I'll tell you when you're tired, the traffic's not moving and everyone's just driving recklessly because New York drivers don't know how to drive. It's awful. Oh my God. It's the worst. <laughs> and you're starving and you're tired and you smell and everything. So when you're home, do you just like veg out once you get home? I usually get home around 6.30. I take a shower right away. And usually after my shower and dinner, I could collapse at 7.30. But I try to stay up a little bit and do something fun, like watch TV or sit on my phone and scroll Instagram endlessly. I know. know. Yeah. That's a full day. It's so full. And now any exercise I do during quarantine does not compare, which equals my body thinking that I'm slacking. So let's, let's let Julia gain weight now because she's slacking. Uh, uh, She's not burning 4,000 calories. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. How, what number did you say? Over 1,000? No, I'd say like 4,000. It's probably, 
I'd say 3,000 a day is how many calories I would burn. So now oh if, if I burn 300, 400, that's like nothing for my body. I know, I know. But you, you deserve like this break too. And I'm sure you're going to get back into it. So then, you know, just like enjoy it. Thank you. I, I'll try. Do you have any workouts you enjoy doing? Yeah, I've been, since the gyms have been closed, I've been using the Sweat app. I don't know if you've heard of it. Ooh, I have. Know? Yeah, I love those workouts. They're great. They have some with minimal equipment, some without, you know, because it's at home stuff. They have a bunch of great exercises. It sets you up with like the timers and all that. Wow. Uh, I've seen great results from it too. I've lost like 15 pounds since March, which is insane. 15? That's excellent. From the sweat app. Yeah, sweat app and like eating a little bit cleaner too. But yeah, I've been loving it. So good for you. And how many times a week would you do a sweat? app workout they usually have like four or five workouts and then i do like a cardio session pretty much every day hopefully if i'm having a good week you know oh wow that's excellent well thank you i love it it's it's great it's a great therapeutic outlet for me fitnesses i don't know if it's the same way for you Oh, hundred percent. I think the sweat app needs to sponsor this podcast now. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? So those are obviously huge full days for you. Do you ever get like some burnout factors coming in or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just natural. Yeah. Burnouts. There's fake sick days. <laughs> there. That's just a reality. And if you, if people don't say it, then they're just lying. I would, yeah, I, I would agree. There's days where I just tell my coach I really need the day off. Like I even just mentally feeling burnt is enough. If you feel physically burnt, you know, that's sometimes not even as bad as mentally being burnt. You just feel like you had enough and you need to do something that's not tennis related. So burning out is a real thing and it's something you have to be careful about because it will take your love for the game away. Right. And that's honestly... Of course, you can be the best at your craft, but if you're, you are not enjoying it, you're not going to be giving your all, and that's going to be a waste right there. So good for you for saying that, and I don't know if that's – do you think that's something you would have said when you were younger, or that's something you've realized, like, along the line, or – Something I realized in college. Gotcha. Because my coach in college definitely prioritized quality over quantity for some reason young tennis players are taught that it's all about quantity like oh whoever can play more hours on the court will be better but when in reality it's whoever can be most efficient productive and focused in that span of time they spend on the court so I didn't realize how important that was until I went to college so now I'd say listen if I only play four times a week but really good four times a week. That's so much better than playing all seven times. Yeah. Burning out. Absolutely. So important. I watched, um, I don't know if you saw it on HBO, The Weight of Gold. It was Michael Phelps' new documentary. Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, oh, the weight of, that's a great title. I thought so, too. Yeah, but it's all about, I don't, it's not the Michael Phelps documentary, but he produced it, and it's about mental health in athletes, and it's specifically Olympic athletes. And it really dives deep into the, like, the dark stuff and how much they deal with. So you would love it, I'm sure. So go check that out. Yeah, I'll put that on the list after the last dance, which I haven't seen oh yet, God. the Michael Jordan doc. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I watched it. So good. 
I'm slacking clearly <laughs> now behind. No, you're a busy girl, but yeah, check that one out as too. Um, what did I just say? Check that one out too. Okay. <laughs> you got it going on, girl. You're good. I For know. Being one of your first few podcasts, you are asking not only the best questions, but your conversation flows so well, even like after what I say. So oh. props to you. Like, honestly, I mean, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Cause I'm really loving it. Honestly, you know, like I've done a few interviews this week. I've had some past couple of weeks and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And, and Clearly, I love I like, tell. yeah. So, I mean, hopefully it'll grow and keep growing, but at the same time, like I just love to do this and I'm meeting new people. I'm hearing about new things. So it's, it's cool. And these listeners that are listening to all your episodes, they're going to sense how much you're enjoying it from your conversation, from your tone. So I definitely know that they're, they can read that from you right now. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I was listening to your podcast too, and you sound the same way. You sound like you're loving it too. Oh, thank you. I love to talk. So yes. <laughs> well. yeah. So what has that whole experience been like for you? So at first it was me just talking solo about tennis and dissecting matches and players, whether it was the drama or the match itself. But then I realized that I kind of enjoy having guests on. I like bouncing ideas and learning from other people. And coming up with your own content is kind of difficult all the time. So being able to interview and converse with someone was definitely up my alley but now I'm even expanding out of just tennis so I would love to have you on Jewels on the Hustle very soon yes I would love to (laughs) yeah what a cool way to it's a networking thing first and foremost like you're talking to all these different people in your uh in your sport or or not anybody but at the same time, like you're building relationships too. And you're learning more about yourself, you're learning more about other people and things in the world. And hopefully whoever listens, you know, learns a little something too. So it's cool. Yeah, I actually DM'd one girl that had a podcast called the Talking Petty Podcast. And I wanted to do like a podcast collab, kind of like how I reached out to you. Yeah. And now like she's a good friend of mine. Like we go out for dinner and get drinks sometimes, hang out. So like you actually build friendships and great relationships through these this podcasting stuff. So it's amazing. All right. So wait, let I don't think we answered the question fully before. So you have your training schedule when you're in tennis. So you're gonna train up and then what is the next thing for you? You're right. Like, yeah. Completely bought that up. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure when tournaments are going to resume. I know the U.S. Open is happening next week, but unfortunately with my injury, I've lost my ranking points. I won't be able to make it in. I'm hoping by the beginning of 2021, things will be more or less normal. I'll feel safe about jumping on airplanes. I'm probably going to adjust my schedule to playing less tournaments than I was before because I just feel like I do better that way rather than week to week to week I rather you know just play a couple and then come home for a stretch so that'll be the plan I am hoping to travel to some tournaments with some coaches because I do think it's important other than that I'm just I'm a competitive person on the tennis court and or in a board game actually so that was just a lie also what's your favorite board game 
There's so many. I, <laughs> this is a hard one. I, I, I is Scrabble a board game? I yeah, don't know. I enjoy Scrabble. I love the game of life. The that's, game of life, obviously. Love that's that. always been such a classic for me. And I like it takes so long, but I enjoy it the whole time. And everyone always quits on me and I get so frustrated. <laughs> Because it literally takes, like, over an hour. <laughs> I attempted to learn how to play chess during quarantine, and it was too impossible. That's a good hobby to, like, kind of pick up, though, or try to. Can you play? No. 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 I, I've never tried, but, yeah. yeah. That's a good uh, thing to learn. Maybe one day, yeah. It's a good yeah. thing to have in your skill set. <laughs> yeah, put it on your resume. Put it on the <laughs> resume <laughs> under skills. Yes, exactly. Like, Microsoft Word... Um, Adobe Premiere Chess. <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. But like, I babysat for this family years ago, and they would have a, a chess tutor over for like the 10 year old kid every no week way. to come and learn how to play chess. So, I mean, obviously, it probably looks great on a college resume, and I'm sure it's just fun, it's a good mind game, but yeah, I don't know, maybe one of these days. And it's <laughs> enough of a mind game for me for so, real. For now, I'm good with uh focusing on that and maybe putting chess for another time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is a mind game I'm sure because do you interact with the other player with your opponent when you're out there or like what how is it a mind game I guess so like I mentioned earlier you're on the road by yourself so who are the people you're around the other competitors so sometimes I would have dinner with like the other girls but it's like what if I have to play against her and for me, I have this thing where if I'm going to spend time with the girl, go to dinner, hang out, kind of give her details about my life, like I'll probably lose to her because I get too like, what's the word? I get too not relaxed, but I kind of feel bad. I don't know why. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so I bad. I think I would be the same way too, honestly. It's so sad, but like I, I'll go on an audition like for a role or something. And I mean, I am nice to everybody who's there, but you kind of just want to keep to yourself because you don't want anybody's energy, even if it's good energy, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm like, now I have to compete with her, but she's my friend now. And it's like, <laughs> it's just yeah. weird. Yeah. It's the worst thing. And for me, I love to be open and have deep conversations. So unfortunately, because I'm not surrounded by many people that you can actually trust on the road, you end up dishing about things in your life to the wrong people mm. that's actually my biggest problem like keeping things to myself with girls that I don't totally trust gotcha like, interesting I feel like a lot of girls for an hour at dinner can act like they're your friends but then once yeah. you leave they'll be whatever they want and talk bad behind your back but it's hard like you're a human at the end of the day. If you have to go to tournaments and not talk to anyone, like that would suck. Right. That's the thing. And back to what we were saying before with the team aspect, like obviously you're on different teams. You're going to be competitors, but these are the people who get what you're going through. And it sucks if they're petty or catty or like talking about you behind your back. Because obviously it's just because you're the competitor. It's not based on who you are as a person. And 
Oh, that yeah, just frustrates me a, so much. So I'm like, be a good person. <laughs> yeah. No, like you said, these are the people that are going through the same things as you. So you feel like you can open up to them. Like they'll understand you, but then you're like, oh wait, they could be an opponent though. Like, let me, let me draw a line there. It's just a very difficult balance and figuring out how much you can say, how much you shouldn't say. You can't really trust any of these girls. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. But I'm sure you have like the people in your life that you know, you can trust and like fall back on. And that's what matters. You know, Um, you're reporting for Newsday, you've got your podcast, you're training, or we'll go back into training, you got a whole professional tennis career, and you've got your personal life as well. How do you do it all? (sighs) To be honest, I haven't done my podcast yet while competing. So gotcha. I'll get back to you on how that goes. <laughs> as far as the news day, news day right now is just part time. So well, now it's like remote also. And there's mm-hmm. no sports, not that many sports going on. There's some now. So things haven't been too crazy. The podcast is a relatively new thing for me still that I started picking up at more at the beginning of this year as far as the social life and the podcast and the media stuff I guess it's just making a schedule each week and trying to stick to it um but just being okay with yourself if something wasn't done and realize you could do it maybe the next week just kind of being understanding and really learning to prioritize certain things and saying no to other things. Yeah. And it's okay to say no, because you've got to put yourself first at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. All right. So just ideally, what would you want for your future? That's kind of a a vague question, but I, I like asking people that. So I'm not really sure what the future holds for me in tennis. I mean, I told you that I'm very injury prone. So I guess just like staying healthy and being the best tennis player I can be. I'm still trying to find my professional peak. I've already, I reached it in college. I want to see if I can peak again. I bet you will. I'm so excited to watch. (laughs) Oh, thank you. As far as life in general and media, my dream is to be part of a media company that I can do creative storytelling with, whether it's in front of the camera and reporting. The dream would be really cool to be with, like, I love the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. So to do some reporting with the Knicks would be so fun. Just hope to be surrounded by really healthy and happy family members and friends. Like I mentioned, you know, I've dealt with a lot of fake friends or fake people on tour. So it will be nice to associate myself with the true ones. And yeah, so I'd like to see like where my media career ends up and then, you know, try to be the best tennis player I can be, but no pressure. I know I'm very injury prone. Staying healthy, I guess, would be my goal. But yeah, and meeting you in person, real life, another real life goal right there. Oh, it's totally (laughs) gonna happen. Absolutely. Where are you on Long Island? Uh, I'm in Oyster Bay. Oh my God. You know, it's so funny. I did a lottery promo last year at the Oyster, I think it was the Oyster Bay Festival. Is that what it's called? Oyster Fest? Yes. Oyster Fest. Are you kidding me? I was there. (laughs) I was there too. That's so funny. Did you have any oysters? No, I didn't. I'm not a big like seafood person, but I had some good food there. You did the lottery there. Yeah. 
Oh my god! Yeah, so not not like the drawings, but they have their promotional events. So we would like yeah. play with the people, play some games. So I mean, I don't know if it's happening this year, but if it is, I might be back. So definitely let you know. They have to definitely put some social distancing in that because yeah. it's very crowded. Yeah, for sure. Oh my god! But that was a fun one. It was beautiful there too. I loved it. That um, literally is my favorite spot in the world. Oh my God, so funny. Really um, funny. I'll just ask you one more question, I guess. So what, what advice would you give to an athlete on staying healthy, not only physically, but mentally as well? And just like how to stay determined and, and reach those goals? Because you've obviously done it. I'm sure your goals keep coming up, but you obviously have accomplished a lot. I wish that I realized before college that it's okay to take days off. It's okay to listen to your body and maybe shorten a practice if you could because you just needed a mental or physical break. So I wish I knew that it was okay. And I wish that I didn't always think that I would play bad the next day if I didn't practice more. I would advise the listeners or anyone that wants to be a high level athlete to kind of listen to your body sometimes rather than the voices in your head telling you, you need more you need more i would listen to your heart and feel how your body's feeling instead of like your anxious thoughts if that makes any sense no it totally does it totally does do you like meditate do you do anything like that or I've tried to do meditation, but I never really stuck with it. I'd say for me, it's more about journaling. Yeah. I like to journal. And if 2020 has taught us all anything, it's just to keep everything in perspective. So I think it's important to realize even if you lose a match or you have a bad day and whatever you're doing, I think you should write down some long-term goals and some short-term goals and realize that Maybe the, if the short-term goals don't go well, you could still, you know, get to your long-term goal. So it's not always the end of the world. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the explosions in Beirut. And that's, like, where my family's from. Oh, wow. So okay. it, like, just really keeps everything in perspective, realizing how lucky you are to be living and doing what you love. And then with COVID, like, this year has brought so many obstacles and concerns. So just being healthy and trying to get better each day. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, if we've learned one thing this year, it's like every day is a blessing. And if you have people in your life that you love, just be grateful. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. And every time I get overwhelmed about something or pissed off or frustrated, I try to just be like, is it really a big deal? Like, can I go about this in a calm manner? Like I try to stop and think. I agree completely. I know m my mind, like if I have one bad thought, I can let it run wild if oh, I yeah. just let it go. So it's about stopping it right there, taking practical actions to fix it or get a new perspective and then move on with your day. <laughs> thousand percent. So important. Oh my God. Well, Julia, you are amazing. You obviously are such an accomplished individual, but you also have such an amazing mindset and you seem like you're just the funnest, nicest person. And we're going to be friends. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you. I had such a great time and I'm not going to say you ask great questions, but you know, I know you do. <laughs> And no, I really enjoyed this podcast and I hope, you know, your listeners can learn a thing or two maybe from, from what I had to talk about. Oh, they definitely will. Cause I did too.
So where can people find you? Obviously you have so much going on. So yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jules L Baba. It's at J U L E S E L B A B A. My podcast is Jules on the hustle, which Kylie will be on very soon. Hopefully other than that, those are my main, I'd say my main social media. Cool. Your Instagram's popping, by the way. I love all the pictures you post. They're so cute. Thank you. I've, I've been, I've been posting all you're right. It is a lot. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say it's a lot at all, but everything I see, I'm like, oh yes, girl, get it. She's oh, killing it. Thank you. Thank you. Just trying to get on your level, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, oh, it's just too much, but it's fun. It's fun. Um, thank you for taking your time out of your busy day. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kylie. You enjoy the rest of your day, girl. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>